0: Is the mind body business show? Hello, everyone, and welcome, welcome, welcome to the mind body business show. A show by entrepreneurs for entrepreneurs. And we have nothing but the absolute top-notch most successful entrepreneurs on this show, week in and week out, from all over the world, different places of the world. Tonight. Our guest hails from the Atlanta, Georgia area, and I cannot wait to share this amazing gentleman with you in a moment. The Mind Body Business Show, what is that all about? Well, in my now 56 almost years on this planet, I actually spent the last 10 or so studying only successful people, finding out what it was that got them to where they were. And as I did that, I'm talking about people I knew personally that were speakers uh, at seminars that held their own seminars. I'm talking about authors, some that I had met personally, others that are not no longer with us. And just kept diving in and finding out what are, these, what are the patterns that are developing that they all have that seem to launch them and catapult them and keep them at a high level of success. And I found that they fell in three areas. And you may guess what those are by now mind being mindset they each had a very very powerful yet incredibly flexible mindset body they took care of themselves nutritionally uh, both inside and out nutritionally and by exercising on a regular basis and then business that's multi multifaceted there are so many skill sets that one must acquire and master in the area of business like sales we're going to be talking about that tonight marketing Team building, systematizing, leadership, doing the books, the list goes on and on and on. And in fact, no one person, in my humble opinion, could truly master every skill set that is necessary to create a thriving, very successful business, except for the fact that if you just mastered one of those skill sets I just mentioned, then it makes it all possible. And that is the skill set of leadership. And once you've mastered that skill set, you can much more easily and seamlessly scale your business by bringing in those who have those skill sets that you may not have at that moment. And that is one phenomenal golden way to get your company up to the next level. Speaking of getting up to the next level, another thing that amazing successful people do is they are all to a person, voracious readers, readers of really high content, high quality books. And with that, i like to segue very quickly over into a segment I affectionately call Bookmarks.
1: Bookmarks. Born to read. Bookmarks. Ready. Steady. Read. Bookmarks. Brought to you by ReachYourPeakLibrary.com.
0: Yeah, there you see ReachYourPeakLibrary.com on the screen if you're watching, if you're listening on podcast, uh, if you're not moving. Go ahead and take notes. Everyone, including those of you watching, also take notes on that old-fashioned piece of paper. You remember that? That old parchment stuff, and maybe a writing instrument like a pen or a pencil. Otherwise, you can bring up anything that you use to take notes that you're comfortable with. And the reason I bring that up is really and truly the magic happens in the room. And this is a virtual room, and I get that. But if you were to take your gaze away from the screen or you were to take your concentration away from listening right at the time that our incredible guest expert is talking and revealing one of his magical bullets, then uh, you would have missed what could potentially have changed your life for the better forever. And I would really hate for that to happen. So stick with us. When Lloyd Lofton comes on, you will not want to miss a moment. And he is coming on very, very soon. So if you don't have your note, a pad or paper and pen handy grab it right now and get right back in front of the screen and then let's get busy so things like reachyourpeaklibrary.com you can write that down rather than succumbing to that itch to go and click on a new tab and go find out what that's all about please just stick with us and write it down and and go check it out after the show's over that way you can do it with full concentration and get every ounce of value from this show that i know you're going to get a bunch And so ReachYourPeakLibrary.com is a website I had developed literally with you in mind. And I'm not kidding when I say that. By you, I mean the aspiring entrepreneur or business person. At no matter what level of success you've achieved, it's very possible that there are books on this list that you have yet to read. And so as someone who was not a voracious reader up until my mid-40s, I learned really quickly how important and powerful reading was. So I began compiling a list of only those books that I read, that I thought, or that I knew had profound impact on either my business or my personal life or both. And they're all in here at ReachYourPeakLibrary.com. So it's just there for you to be able to go to find one location where at least one successful person has already vetted certain books doesn't mean there's a guarantee it's gonna have a profound effect on your life as well, but the odds are slightly higher as a result. So that is what I wanted to point out with reachyourpeaklibrary.com. And that is it, it is time. It is time to bring on our very wonderful special guest expert, here we go. It's
1: time for the guest expert spotlight. Savvy, skillful, professional, adept, trained, big league, qualified.
0: Yes, indeed. There he is, ladies and gentlemen, the one, the only Mr. Lloyd Lofton coming to.
1: Yay! Thank yeah. you so much for having me, man. I can't oh, believe man. this. I can't believe I'm on with Brian. I've seen you all over LinkedIn, and I, you, I would tell myself before, how do these people get on his show? I mean, you got to be a special somebody to get on the show, and I'm sitting here looking at myself on your show. I can't believe this.
0: And that is because you are... Of course, a very special somebody.
1: I'm tempted to go yell at my wife and say, I'm on his show.
0: <laughs> Feel free, man. We got time. <laughs> Love it. Hey, before I formally introduce you, Lloyd, to everyone watching and listening, I wanted to quickly remind everyone that watches this show live to the end. And I said, watch, that means on video. We're all over the place. Facebook, LinkedIn, it's all over the screen. You see it right there, YouTube live, Periscope, Twitch, You watch this show the very end live, I will reveal to you how you can win a five-night stay at a five-star luxury resort. Compliments of our pals. You see their logo way up there to the far right if you're watching on a live video stream, even recorded. The big insider secrets, and that's Jason Nast, who heads up that company, really good friend of mine, (coughs) who has made this possible. We give away a vacation stay every single show. So stick with us to the end. You don't want to miss a bit of it. And that doesn't mean go away and then come back because I'm not going to tell you how long they show less. So just <laughs> stick with us. There we go. Now to bring this amazing man on with dignity, with respect that he deserves. Lloyd Lofton is the founder of Power Behind the Sales, an online virtual learning platform for sales and marketing. He is the past president of the Senior Insurance Marketing Association. He has been interviewed by the Wealth Channel and is a frequent contributor to numerous industry magazines. He is the author of The Sales Hero's Guide to Handling Objections. Got to get your hands on that. Voted one of the 20 best new presentation books to read in 2020 by Book Authority. With that, I now formally officially give you The Man, The Myth, and now the legend. Ta-da,
1: ta-da. Ta-da. Thank you, sir. <laughs> Thank you. I appreciate that. I'd like to record that so I can play it for my wife when she's griping about me.
0: I will give you the recording after the show. It is being recorded. (laughs) There will be proof. There you go. I know what you mean, brother. I know what you mean. So uh, it was nice. Uh, We (coughs) had a little chat before we went live, getting to know each other. I've never met this amazing guy, and I know he's amazing because of our very short chat. Uh, It's amazing we can find out in just a few minutes about somebody. Uh, We're talking about a half hour or so. We got to get to know each other. And immediately I thought, this this is a guy that needs to be shared. Uh, Everything about him. All of his experiences, good, bad, and different because it got him to where he is today. And he uh, loves it, lifts it up, embellishes it, embraces it, and utilizes it to continue to improve himself and those around him. And so I'm so excited to have this gentleman on. And what I like to do is now we just talked about you. We talked about your bio, a little bit about your background. That's all in that physical layer of things. And it's impressive. And I'm sure that there's many, many more things that can be said uh, that further enhance your prowess on what you've done. But what I like to do is now go go deeper and get a little bit more personal and find out what's going on in that big beautiful brain of yours, because that seems to be where one of the key the key patterns was mindset seems to be the biggest uh, most important one when first when getting started and then continuing on. So for you, when you get up in the morning, Lloyd, you know, being an entrepreneur, that's we're lucky. It's it's super simple. There's never any setbacks or heartaches. I'm being totally sarcastic, and. Uh, <laughs> when you get up every morning, what is it that's going on up there in your noggin that keeps you going day in and day out, keeps you motivated, keeps you propelling and, and, pos- and continually increasing the worth of your business and those around you?
1: You know, there's an old saying, at least in sales, and I'm sure that's in other areas, you can drag a horse to water, but you can't make him drink. But you can salt the oats. And that's kind of why I, how I've kind of viewed life, is to keep salt in my oats. I don't have a clue what gets me going in the morning. I just know that if I don't get going in the morning, that it bothers me. I had polio when I was four months old. I wore a brace corset and crutches till I was 16. I was in a body cast for nine months when I had seven muscle transplants. Now, imagine you're 16 years old, you're in a body cast, and a really cute 22-year-old girl comes in there, and she has to wipe your rear end. I mean, that's really great for your ego, but the, the challenge about that, I mean, the, the thing that I think is interesting about that, and, and it goes to what your point is about what gets you up in the morning is I had polio when I was four months old. So I'm the normal one when I'm walking down a mall and people are looking at me because of the way I walk, you're the one with the problem. I'm normal. And, and what that speaks to is every day, I don't, ha- I don't know what I can't do because I haven't done it yet. And the mm-hmm. good thing about doing something that I don't know whether I can do it or not is there's only two things that can happen. I can either not do it as, as well or in the way I want to do it, or I can do it differently or do something else. So what gets me going in the morning is recognizing that I have to do something. I don't know exactly what it is, but I have to do something.
0: And yeah, and that, that can be true for many people. You know, the, the drive is just, I need to continue to move forward. I need to progress. I need to grow and, and laying stagnant can be that, that driving force. I mean, like take working out for instance. I remember when I first started working out when I was in my teens and then if I would stop for a a period of time, a week, two weeks, three weeks, something inside me wasn't right. I had to get back. It's like this incredible, wonderful magnet that keeps you rolling, keeps you going, like drive. Exactly. And I, so I it,
1: quit it. To, I quit it to dieting. Hmm. I I've always had a little bit of childhood dieting because I can't exercise the way a lot of people can. I can't run and jog and all that kind of nonsense. But here's the interesting thing about dieting: if I want to lose twenty pounds. And I say, I want to lose 20 pounds in three months. And at the end of three months, I haven't lost 20 pounds. It's not because I failed. It's just the plan wasn't right. I didn't have the right resources or mindset or willingness to do it in that time frame. And maybe the time frame wasn't right. But here's what I know about dieting is I, when I wake up tomorrow morning, I can start to diet over again. And that's kind of true with anything in life, right? It, it doesn't did. matter what's going on in your business or your relationship. You can wake up today You can forgive yesterday yourself, your your spouse, your business partners, you can forgive for yesterday and you can just start new today. The problem is most people aren't willing to, to let go, to give up in order to start something new today. And I think they do that because we know how to hang on to yesterday. I mean, I know every you know, when you're when you're when you have kids and they come home with a with a homework assignment and they get an F on it, do you put the F on the refrigerator? Do you call your brothers and sisters and say, hey, Johnny got an F? Do you run an ad in the paper and say, hey, Johnny got an F? Of course not. But we spend our life putting an F on our refrigerator and keep that in front of us when we can just start over every day.
0: Wow. I have never heard it put that way. That is such a powerful way to, to just, oh, my goodness. we. I mean, we are all our own worst critics by far you know, no one, everyone else is looking at us with different, a different lens. And we're there literally, if we could, you know, twisting our leg around, kicking our own self in our butt for all the things that we think we fell short on. And what I, this is one thing I tell all my clients, uh, Lloyd, when I was, especially when I was in the fitness industry is I don't care how many, uh, if, if the exercise calls for 10 reps and you only did four, but that's absolutely all you could do, then why are you kicking yourself for that? I said, instead of doing that, Reach behind your back and pat yourself on it. And I said, literally, I want you to do this right now while I'm watching you and say out loud, good job, and then your name. Give yourself credit, right? Start right. giving yourself those victories
1: that we never give ourselves
0: because well, do you think
1: right. that Do you think that the, the, the people when you were in the fitness business, do you think they look over to the person next to them or the person on this side and compare what they're doing to that person? Yeah. Because I think that's what slows people down a lot. Yeah. I think, for, for example, Tony Robbins is a great business leader, right? Mm-hmm. He's a great coach. I mean, he, he's, he's an icon in the industry. But Tony Robbins is not my competition. It's true. Nobody's going to pay me what they pay Tony Robbins to come in, yeah, unless you want to. If you're on here right now and you want to, I'll give you my number. But nobody's going to pay me to do that. Why <laughs> would I look at Tony Robbins and, and, and think, point. well, I can't do that when he's not my competition? Good. Point. And, and I think what happens is that we we tear ourselves down for where we've been, instead of building ourselves up for where we're going.
0: Mm, this is great, and Timothy McNeely agrees. So true, great stuff.
1: Timothy, and, uh, thank you, buddy.
0: Kareen, we let the power of following your own momentum. We got a lot of people coming on and saying hello, Brian. And, and,
1: and I want to comment on Kareen's comment. The, the last word she said was momentum. Yes. You know, the only way you get momentum. You know, if you stand in front of a, if you stand a hundred yards down from a train, you're probably not going to get run over. But if you if you stand a mile down from a train and turn your back to it, you're going to get run over, because the train's got momentum. You have to start somewhere, Corinne. You know this, right? You have to start somewhere to get that momentum. And what people are afraid of is it isn't starting. I think a lot of times people are afraid that if they actually start succeeding. The end result of that is they could sell. Can I tell you a story about uh, selling? Please do. So so insurance agents, I, I worked in the insurance industry for a long time. So they'll buy a lead, right? Now, now let me tell you why salespeople, all salespeople in all industry, here's why salespeople won't work leads. This is why they don't want to buy a lead. And here's why. I'm going to I'm target to the insurance industry because that's what I'm, I'm from. So they don't want to buy a lead because if they buy a lead, well, then they got to call it. And if they call the lead... Then people might answer. And if they answer, I got to tell them why I'm calling. And if I tell them why I'm calling, they they might have me come out. And if I come out to their house and knock on the door, then they might let me come in. And if I come in, then we're going to sit down at the kitchen table. And if I do, then I got to ask them questions. If I ask them questions, then they might ask me how to buy what I have. And if I sell them the insurance policy, then I got to turn it in. If I turn it in, it might get issued. If it gets issued, I got to deliver it. And if I deliver it, they pay for it. And then three months later, six months later, and nine months later, if they cancel it, I'm going to get a charge back. And I can't afford the charge back, so I can't buy lease. (laughs) (laughs) And that's kind of why that word momentum really stuck to me, because we're afraid of getting the momentum going because we project what a consequence could be instead of what a reward would be. Oh.
0: Yeah, and I love how you did that. Project the consequence of every step along the way.
1: Yeah, we're afraid of it. You know, we used to, I used to drive when I was with the combined insurance company, we'd go door to door. I used to walk up to the house and I'd walk past the house and look at the house. I'd look at the car, look at the swing set, trying to figure out if they got enough money for it. (laughs) What I'm really doing is I'm avoiding rejection. And then you go knock on the door and I'm knocking on the door thinking, praying to myself, don't answer, don't answer, don't answer. And then they answer, like, dang. I had a great sales manager one time. He, the way he taught me to go door to door is he took me in a department complex oh. with 100 units. Oh. And he said, your goal is to get a 10% closing rate, which in sales is like pretty crappy. He said, your goal is to get 10% closing rate. Now, back then we made eight bucks on a sale. But, you know, I mean, this is 1970, 19, 1980, eight bucks was some decent money. We made eight bucks on a sale. And he made me knock on every door in that apartment building, from eight o'clock in the morning to nine o'clock at night. Every door it took me all day to knock on a hundred doors. But guess what happened at the end of the day? I had ten sales. Mm. I made more money as the as a rookie that that day, and that impacted everything I did from then on. Because what I recognize is, but just because you knock on a door and somebody says no, like like I. I had some health problems, health issues a few years ago. They didn't kill me. When I knock on a door and somebody says no, when I make a phone call and somebody says no, you know you actually don't get cancer from that. And that's kind of a strange idea. You don't get leukemia from that. You don't get diabetes from that. You get hurt feelings. But if you're married, you're going to get that anyway. (laughs)
0: Oh, my gosh. This is awesome. I'm laughing so hard, especially when you're talking about all the – the hesitation resistance due to the fear of rejection. I'm only laughing because I so relate to having gone through all of that. And, you know, to be honest, I think part of that goes through each and every one of us. Uh, I don't know if it's true for you, but for as seasoned a veteran, one becomes that there's still that lingering feeling of possibly someone's going to reject us. And we don't like that. And it's not a positive thing, but um, is that something you've overcome completely Lloyd, or is it something no. that is all. Yeah. Okay. I
1: have been nervous all afternoon. Look, I have a thing of drink because I didn't want to get dry, dry mouth with you. <laughs> I also have a thing of hot coffee because hot <laughs> coffee keeps your voice your voice warm, so it doesn't close up on you. And, and then I have mints here. So no, I get nervous all the time when I get up on stage to to do an on site training. Mm-hmm. I always get nervous, and if I'm and I usually do a pretty good job when I'm nervous mm-hmm. because I'm actually thinking about what I'm doing. Yeah. And, and when I, when I'm, when I'm getting a little bit nervous, I'm more cognizant of the audience. I'm more cognizant of tone of voice, voice inflection, body language, because I'm paying attention to it. If I'm not nervous, then I'm just arrogant and cocky. And I actually think I know what I'm doing. And people in the audience are looking at you going, well, you're a moron. And I'm not saying I'm not a moron sometimes, (laughs) but I tend to be a moron less when you actually take the risk and it, and it doesn't hurt. Nothing happens. I mean, the, the hardest part about doing anything is just acting. You know, I hear this, this stuff out there about making a decision. Just make a decision. And I, I think that's like the craziest advice to give anybody because you can make a decision and stay on the couch. <laughs> you know, like I, my decision is to make a million dollars, but I'm going to watch football today. So I made the decision. So I go back to all those books I read. You know, I go back to The Go-Getter, which is one of the best books ever written. I go back to The Go-Getter and say, I made a decision. Where's my money? <laughs> I didn't realize I had to actually get my butt and do something. So I, I tell people to act. Just, I, I'm not a big fan, and this isn't putting anybody down. The, the first five books that you showed, I've got those books. I, I read them. I'm a, I'm a prolific reader. I go to sleep at night listening to podcasts like yours. Mm-hmm. But I'm not a big fan of this thing that's new today, like, I'm going to teach you how to get a seven-figure income or, you know, you're, I'm going to make you 10 times better. Because truthfully, if I could be 10 times better, I, I'd already be better. I don't need you to, to make me that. The reason I need, the reason I'm on a, a call to get a seven-figure income is because I don't have a seven-figure income. And so what I tell people is just get 1% better. Do you, just do the math. I'm a math guy. You know, grandma said, if it doesn't, if if it's too good to be true, it's it's probably not true. So I just do the math. If you improve something, anything, just make a decision on one thing and do that one thing every day. If you improve 1%, you realize in a year you've improved 365%. Why would you settle settle for 10 times? I mean, I, I don't understand that. So the, the, to, to me, it's just doing something. And who cares if it's wrong? I mean, the worst thing that happens if it's wrong is you get the knowledge to know that what you just did doesn't work. So just do something. That's the hardest, that's the hardest thing I find when I, when I work with people. The hardest thing is just to do something. Be, uh, salespeople talk to me all the time about making phone calls. You know, How do I open the conversation? How do I make appointments? And, and I tell them the same thing all the time. Go online, like an insurance industry, go online and, and type in how much is life insurance, how much is health insurance, how much is the Medicare supplement. And Google going to bring up thousands of pages. The first 10 links on there, click them and fill the form out. And when the salesperson calls you, shut up and listen. Mm. And if the way they come across to you doesn't sound like the kind of person you would do business with, look at your script. And if your script is just like theirs, that's why you're getting any business. And and, and I, I would bet you 80% of the people I talk to about that don't do it. And I think they don't do it because they don't want to find out that that what they're doing is actually not not right. It's not working.
0: Oh, yeah, the realization. That that could be a deterrent right there. For sure. Goodness sakes. There's just golden nugget after golden nugget. And we're talking again to Lloyd Lofton here who is absolute expert when it comes to sales for, for objection handling for so many things. And what I want to do is tap in a little bit into what you do right now for your business uh, what is, what is it you do Are you're training now, uh, in various areas, who specifically is your target market and what are you uh, doing with them?
1: I do sales training, leadership training, and then private coaching. Uh, most of the work I do is to help sales organizations get more activity and then convert that activity into conversations and then do the individual coaching with salespeople to take those conversations and put the prospect into a funnel so that they can help the prospect design a solution that they're willing to pay for. The one, the, uh, maybe instead of talking about what I do, because everybody says, well, I do sales training, what, what the heck is that? But what I really do is I talk to people about figuring out what not to do. And what not to do in sales is quit selling your product. Nobody, nobody is interested in your product. They're not interested in your company. They're not interested in your price. And they're not interested in your product. And, and, I, and I'll give you an example, if I can, of, of why that's true. Let's take a common behavior. Now, this is a little bit, a little bit off because of the pandemic right now, although I, I can give you some examples where it's true. But let's just take a common behavior, you're, you're buying a car. First of all, a a car dealership is a destination place. I mean, not many people are driving to the grocery store and they go by a car dealership and they go, Son of a gun, man, I was going to stop and look at a car. Let's go in there and look, honey. Most people don't do that. So you pull in the dealership, you park your car, get out of your car, the car salesman comes up to you and says, Can I help you? And you say, I'm just looking, looking, right? (laughs) Yeah, that's what everybody says. I'm just looking. Now, let me ask you this Are you a liar? I mean, are you lying to the salesman? Not really. It's not that you're not there because you're not interested in a car. You just don't want to be sold, right? And so the reason we say I'm just looking is the last time I said to a salesperson, I'm just looking, guess what he did? He left me alone. (laughs) So it worked. That's why I said that. It worked. So then you walk around the, the car lot, you pick out a car, and then what do you do? Yeah. Mr. Biz, you're just looking, right? But what do you do? Mr. Biz, once you pick out the car, then what do you do? You take it for a test drive, right? So let's talk about that. Let's talk. I love buying behaviors. Let's talk about that test drive. So you get behind the steering wheel. Maybe your wife's in the back seat or the front seat, the car salesman's next to you. Before you, and and you got people on there, maybe they can comment and I'll let them answer this before before I move on to the next part of it. But before you take that car off the lot, so you get in the car, you start it up. Before you leave the lot with the the car to take it on the test drive, do you adjust anything? So do you you adjust the steering wheel? Do you adjust the radio? Maybe the car seat? you adjust the rear view mirror? you adjust the side mirror? And here's what I would, would ask you. Why are you making those adjustments? You're adjusting those things to make the car fit you, aren't you? And what I would, Mr. Biz, what I would, what I would submit to you, the mirrors, all right, yeah. What I would submit to you, the seat, yeah, you pull the seat up or back. You can tell how short or tall the person was before the test drove it before you. What I would submit to you, Jason, is that you're adjusting the things you use the most. Christopher Wood, hey, Chris. You adjust the things you use the most in the order that you use those things. So you, you make the car fit you, then you take it out on the test drive. Now, here's the irony about a test drive. How many of you actually pull the car over during a test drive, put it in park, get out, open the hood, take out the catalytic converter and have a look at it? How many of you take off the, spare, the, the rear tire and look at the disc brakes and see how the brakes are? When we say a test drive, we're just, we're just seeing if the car fits us. Hmm. Then you come back to the dealership, you pull in, and if, it's, if he's a good salesman, if he's a good car salesman, he tells you to park next to your car. Do you know why he tells you to park next to your car? So you can, so you see, can see what car. a piece of crap you're driving. Yes. <laughs> and when you get out of the car, if you turn around and look at the car when, you, when you're done test driving it, and you kind of like the car, where do you go from there? You go inside to the dealer, right? You sit on the desk. Now, here's my question for you. When you go inside to that cubicle with that car salesperson <laughs> after the test drive, are you going in there to discuss which car you might buy? Are you going there to discuss how much you're paying for that car? Yeah. My guess is you're going in there to see how much you're, paying, you're, you're going to pay for that car. And the reason for that is you've already – no, to the <laughs> – good, good comment, Karen. <laughs> and the reason for that is because you've already taken emotional ownership over the car. You see, what I said when I first started this little story here is nobody's interested in your product. Nobody's interested in your price. They could care less about your company. In fact, they're, they're not even really care that much about you because you're a salesperson. What they care about is themselves. So I'm in Colorado and I'm doing a, a, a training. My cell phone goes off. My wife never calls me when I'm out in the field. She, she knows I'm in front of people. I'm not going to take the call. So at a break, I call her. And uh, I say, yo, what's going on? And, and I'm in Colorado. At the time, I lived in Des Moines, Iowa. And she says, when you come home, um, I want to go to the Ford dealer uh, on Saturday. And I usually get home at like 11 o'clock Friday night. And I'm like, okay, well, we got four kids at home. We got two cars. One's hers and one's mine. What's the obvious question? I said, well, honey, who's getting a new car? <laughs> now, I already know the answer to this, right? <laughs> So she said, well, I'm trading your car in. Now, I've got a Mustang, convertible Mustang, and she's got a, a truck, a sports track truck. So she said, I'm trading your car in. <laughs> oh, okay. And the reason I said okay is because that's how you have the last word in every argument with your wife. Well, okay. So I get home. We go to the dealership, get in the car with the car salesman and the car that she's picked out. And before <laughs> we leave the lot, now he's sitting in the back seat. Really, really good salesman. I tried to recruit him. Really, really good salesman. He said, "Now, Lloyd, before we go, you see that? You see that uh, uh, red button, that blue button right there?" I said, "Yeah." He said, "Push that button until the air is comfortable for you." Mm. I'm pushing it, Psh, cool air comes out. And he said, "That way, when you're driving, uh, I know that you like to keep the car pretty cool. You can keep your." your side as cold as you know as cool as you want it now Debbie you see that red button over there just push that red button over there and she reaches right for it now I had to kind of look for it she reaches right for it and her side warms up And he said now, he puts his hand on her shoulder and he said now Debbie you can keep your side of the car as warm as you want to because hmm. I know you don't like to be cold when you're driving and I turned and I looked at her and I said well somebody's been talking <laughs> <laughs> now here's the thing was he selling me the air conditioning or the benefit of the air conditioning? Yeah. He was selling me on my wife's comfort of having that air conditioner. Nope. See, I wasn't interested in the car. I wasn't interested in him. I wasn't interested in the dealer. I was interested in what we got out of it. Hmm. So when, when I say later, I'd, I'd rather talk about what I don't do than what I do is when salespeople say they do sales training, nobody's interested in sales training. What they're interested in is what they get out of it. What's the result of what you do? And if that makes sense, if that's true, if you're not in your head, yes, that's also true in your industry. Whatever your product is, your cust- your mm-hmm. prospects are interested and your customers are interested in what they get out of it, not what you do. Stop telling them what you do and tell them what what how you affect them.
0: Man, that was masterful. I mean, he helped he helped you to make it feel like a fit and your wife who was really the decision maker in this case. So now he's got a united front right from the first 5 seconds of the test drive that didn't even begin yet
1: yeah and i and he he set me up that I'd have to be a you know what a jerk to not buy from him, yeah because he he would i mean the way he set it up is he cares more about my wife than I do What the heck,
0: <laughs> oh man, I've been in that situation more times than I care to admit, and it, it does not feel good, and yeah you're on the you're on the that that is that's i'll that's,
1: tell you another I'll tell you another story i was in I was in Johnston ow. Tennessee one time. <laughs> Now I'm a straight commission salesperson, right? I'm in Johnson, Tennessee. We live in Knoxville. Johnson City is two hours away. So I would leave home at six in the morning, drive down to Johnson. I'd work there until like eight o'clock at night and then I'd get home like 10 o'clock at night. So it's, uh, and I'm field training a new agent and it's like seven, 15, seven, 20. We've run maybe 10 appointments. I've done maybe seven full presentations. I mean, full presentations where you actually ask for the money and we haven't closed anything. And I'm tired, and I'm hungry, and I'm frustrated. You know, I'm embarrassed because I got this new guy with me. I haven't closed anything. I call my wife. Now I got a speakerphone in the car. I call my wife, said, hey, I'm getting ready to get on the freeway. I'll be home in about two hours. And she said what every salesperson dreads their wife asking. I mean, how dare you ask this question? What is the matter with you? She says, did you sell anything? (laughs) And I always tell my wife, well, don't ask me that if I sold something, I would have called you a meeting. Woo, we made some money today. Did you sell anything? And I was like, No, I didn't sell anything. And her response, she's such a great wife. We've been together 35 years. Her response was, Then why are you coming home? <laughs> Talk about throwing a gauntlet down. So Man. I reached in the As I, I said, all right, all right, let me see what I can do. I reach in the back seat, I get some old cards. We run five more appointments. And we end up making $1,800 that day. Nice. Now, why did I make $1,800 that day? I made $1,800 that way that day because my wife said, or, or she didn't say it. But what she was saying is be man enough to support us. Mm. Now, she didn't say that because she's a good wife. She just asked the question, why are you coming home? And so guess what question I started asking myself every day when I didn't have business? Why are you going home? So that's on this call on this, this uh, uh, call today, ask yourself that question. At the end of every day, just ask yourself, why are you ending your day? Salespeople, if you want to make $100,000 a year, this is like good math. If you want to make $100,000 a year, that's $8,333 a month, $2,100 a week, $400 a day. It's just easy math. So salespeople say to me all the time, well, how do I know you know that I'm, I'm on track for it? Well, you need to make $400 a day to make $100,000 a year. I mean, it's just math. So if you have, if five o'clock comes, you have made four hundred dollars. If you're, if you're more serious and curious about making hundred thousand a year, you're not done working. <laughs> <I> <laughs> because if it. you quit working, then the next day you got to make eight hundred dollars. And that's where I talk about acting. That's where I talk about getting better one percent. Maybe your goal should be, your wife is the motivation. That's the truth. Maybe your goal should be, to just improve one percent a day. I'll shut up for a minute.
0: No, nah. no nah, i mean this so look i was talking about the opening of the show recommending that folks take notes i'm running the show i'm the producer i'm the guy on the side i'm running it asking the questions and i've got nearly a full sheet already <laughs> writer's cramp to go with it and i'm loving every second because the value and the information the knowledge that you're sharing is is absolute gold to everyone watching and listening now. And it will be for all those who watch and listen to the recorded video and podcast. And so I'm, I'm so excited that I get to be the one that shares you with everyone. Uh, and that's all I'm doing. I'm just the conduit. And Lloyd is the talent. This is the man that brings it. He's got the he's got everything. He's got the experience, the acumen, the intelligence, everything. And he loves to help people or he wouldn't be on this show. Does he want exposure for his business? Of course he does. So do I, but he's also here because he's, he loves to serve people and to help people and he wouldn't be spending all this time if that wasn't part of his being. And so I appreciate you for that. So you can't believe it. And we're not over, I'm not ending the show, but I just want to throw that in there that I appreciate. That good. I, thought
1: I, I thought I ticked you off for a minute. You know, that's how my wife gets rid of me and she starts complimenting me.
0: <laughs> no. Uh, in fact, that was, I was, that was marking the halfway point of the show it's <laughs> letting that sink in for everybody. It's uh, been almost an hour. Uh, not quite, but uh, 20 minutes out. So 40 minutes or so, but yeah, this is just phenomenal information. And my gosh, I love every bit of this. If you're more serious than curious, that's a great line. Oh my goodness. And
1: well, I lo- you know, the reason I say more serious than curious is I, I, I ran a, a, a sales office in Knoxville, Tennessee, and I had an agent whose wife, you know, speaking of making $100,000 a year, I had an agent whose wife was a pharmacist and made $90,000 a year. She needed him to make $52,000 a year to maintain their lifestyle. And as soon as he hit right around $50,000 for the year, guess what happened to him? He disappeared. <laughs> because he made what? Oh, he came in the office every day but he played on the computer and you know he read leads like he's a clairvoyant and he could tell who was a good lead and who was a bad lead and he would write hardly any business after that mm-hmm. and so the, the, the what in my, in my experience what happens is people are living at the level they see themselves living at yeah they don't live higher now they they now I'm not talking about I'm not talking about spending habits people usually spend between 30 and 40% more than they should spend for their income, but they live at the level that their income will support. And my thinking is figure out what lifestyle you want, figure out what it takes to get that lifestyle and figure out what the three steps are you need to start doing. Then pick one of those steps and do that step until you have no choice, but to do step two. If you want to make a million dollars a year, and, and you know this, right? You know this. You've, you've worked with people to say, I want to make a million dollars a year. I'll do anything to make a million dollars a year. Well, if you've never made a million dollars a year, you have no clue what it takes to make a million dollars a year. If you're not making $100,000 a year, you don't have any clue what it takes to make a hundred thousand dollars a year. So if you whatever income you're making right now, that's what you know how to make. So don't beat yourself up for that. Be proud of what you have. On my slowest days, on the days I didn't make a dime, I always came home comfortable with who I was, comfortable in my own skin, because I know I did everything I could do that day. And at the end of the day, I would evaluate what I could do different, and that's the only thing that matters. The only thing that matters is what you can do different tomorrow. What you did yesterday is a history, what's happening today is a prediction, and the only thing that matters is what you can do tomorrow. When you go to bed tonight, forgive yourself. If you're ticked off with anybody, forgive them. Don't go telling them you forgive them. All you're doing is looking for attention. Just forgive them. And wake up tomorrow morning and make a decision. What can you do differently? If you went to bed every night and wrote three things down you're going to do different tomorrow, you'd do one of them. You might do two of them. You probably would never do three. But you might do one of them. And if you did one thing different every day, what would your life be like in six months from now? So When I look down the road and say this is how much I want to make next year, I back that up, and you've heard me do it, I back it up to monthly, weekly, and daily. And then I figure out what activity has to go with that. And then I make a decision of which activity I'm actually willing to do. Because <laughs> if you're not willing to do the activity, I mean, just be honest with yourself, if you're not willing to do the activity, that's okay. There's nothing wrong with not being willing to do a particular activity. Just find an activity you're willing to do and do that. Even if you do it badly, like I used to say all the time, I don't believe, um, I used to say all, all the time, I don't believe in trying. In fact, I had this little, I had this little experiment that I did. <clears throat> I would put a jar on the table. Like I'd put the cup on the table. And th- those of you that are listening at home, do this right now. Put the, put the cup on the table. Put a cup in front of you on the table. And then what I want you to do is I want you to reach out. I want you to reach out and try and pick that cup up. I'll give you. I'll count to ten. I'm gonna give you the ten to try and pick that up. So what you're gonna do? The cup's sitting there, right? You're gonna reach out and you're gonna try and pick the cup up. So one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. Now, how many of you picked the cup up? Because if you pick the cup up, you failed the experiment. The experiment was to try. And the reason you failed it is you can't try. You either make a decision to do it or you make a decision not to do it. So that used to be my philosophy. I've kind of tweaked that philosophy. Now I think you should try something. And when you figure out what's not working about it, then you should just do it. Because if you don't try it, you'll never get started. True. But once you try something and you figure out what doesn't work, then just stick with what works and do that. Just do it. So make a list of three things every night that you're going to do different tomorrow. Do one of them different. Figure out what it is that you, you can't do or doesn't work. Then quit doing it. Quit beating yourself up for it. Quit complaining because it didn't work. Do the part of it that does work. Well, I didn't make, I didn't make $400. I made $200. Congratulations! And then the next day, go back and repeat the same thing. You had to do. Just improve one percent a day. Don't try and do seven-figure income. Don't try and ten times. Don't try and do any of that nonsense. Just do one percent a day. One percent a day. Anyway, that's 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 my advice.
0: That's phenomenal advice. Uh, I had a mentor that taught <clears throat> me along those lines, where he talked about when he was young and didn't have a whole lot of money. He literally would get in the car and drive to very affluent areas and neighborhoods and not just drive through them, but actually experience them and put himself in that place as if he owned one of those multi-million-dollar homes and you know, that worked. And he then developed a seminar in uh, business. I worked with him, uh, for, for years became his lead trainer from stage for two years and, and learned a lot from him. And from that, you know, now my wife and I were heading to San Diego this weekend and guess what we're going to do on the way there. We're going to drive through all the areas we would love to live that are currently out of our, reach. we want to see those that are out of our reach. You know, say, "Oh, that's too much money." Good, because that's what—that's where we're headed, and uh, that's the only way. Like you said, people are living at the level that they see themselves, literally where they see themselves. It's so true. I used to—I used to combat that notion for so long, thinking that's not logical, because uh, I was a very logical person. Uh, we've done this in the past uh, to kind of break the seal, if you will. We went looking in an area, a beach area closer to us before that. And just started dreaming. Now we go on to Zillow almost every day and look at the multi-million right. dollar that we want to stay in. Take the video tours. We really get into it. And guess what? Business is improving. It's amazing. It's amazing. Yeah. When you start yearning for and living and seeing yourself in those things, it just propels you. Subconsciously, I think a lot of it is subconscious. But you got you to do the conscious work. You got to go out and be in it and see yourself there.
1: Let me, let me share. Let me share. So I agree with you 100%. Let me share something with you because all we hear on the news today is how bad things are, right? That's all. That's all we hear on the news, the news all day. When I was with the combined insurance company, I ran a sales team. We took salespeople dreaming. So every day I would take them to the Cadillac dealership. If it was a single guy, I would take him to furniture rental places and, and talk him into uh, renting furniture. Well, really what I did is I was getting him in debt so he couldn't afford to quit. But by taking them dreaming, They start seeing the possibilities. When you watch the news tonight, tomorrow, when you watch the news and you hear how bad everything is, I don't care what your persuasion is. When you hear how bad everything is, I want to, if I could, if you don't mind me sharing a little bad news, I just want to share with you the worst thing going on in the marketplace right now. So get a pen and write this down because you're going to want this. This is the worst thing that's happening right now. And this is from Kiplinger. So I'm not making this up. You can go to Kiplinger tonight, Kiplinger.com, and bring it up. And uh, 7-Eleven is hiring 20,000 people this year. Wow. Okay. This is how bad the economy is right now. Ace Hardware is hiring 30,000 people right now. Amazon is hiring a hundred thousand people right now. CVS is hiring 50,000. Facebook. 10,000. Target's hiring 9,000 people. Anyone that's a millennium, I know you love Target, so I know you're going to want to go have a look there. Rite Aid's hiring 5,000. PepsiCo's hiring 6,000. Nestle's hiring 5,000. Lowe's is hiring 30,000 people. Wait a minute, women. There's a pandemic. People are out of work. People don't have money to fix their house up. Don't believe the news. And finally, the staple for everybody, regardless of income level, Walmart is hiring hundred and fifty thousand people. Now, let me tell you, I know, I know some of you, some of you on here right now think, well, that's not enough money. That's low wages. Let me tell you why I told you about how many jobs are out there. They buy what you sell. They are the market. That means just take an, take an example of a hardware store. If I have a hardware store and I sell extension cords and Brian walks into my hardware store and buys an extension cord, then I've got to order more extension cords. Mm. And when I order more extension cords, the distributor has to buy more extension cords and to buy more extension cords, he has to hire more staff for the volume. And when he orders it from the manufacturer, the manufacturer has to buy more merchandise, more metal, more rubber, more equipment to make that, extension cord. So don't believe the nonsense out there in the marketplace. The only thing, I, and I hear this all the time, that sales is changing. Because of what's happening right now, you probably heard that too, right? You probably get those emails. Sales is changing. Woo! Let me tell you something. Sales is not changing. Marketing is changing. Mm-hmm. The way people buy is changing. Yes. But the reasons people buy are not changing at all. So you it, once you once you know how to help people identify and solve a problem that they want to solve, then they're interested in you, your product, your company. Th- then they're interested in that. and And what's happening right now is if you look at the business pages, don't look at the the headlines, just follow the business pages. New businesses are cropping up all over the place. And what are they servicing? Every grocery store is now delivering food, right? Yep. Panda Express is delivering food. Amazon opened a store in Seattle, Washington. In fact, I wrote an article on it. It's on Insurance News Net Magazine. It's called an Amazon Go. They, they opened a store that you can, you can download an app, walk in your store. There's no employees. You go and pick out the items out of the cabinet. It automatically goes onto your phone. You in when you put it in the basket, it automatically checks out on your phone and when you walk through the register to leave, it dings your account like that. The marketplace is shifting and what's going to happen when the pandemic's over with is those that were wise enough or had the courage or the willingness to fail and adapt to the changing way people are doing business will do quite well. You see that in Seattle right now. I'm not going to talk about all the Protests or riots or whatever the nonsense is going on, but if you if you if you read if you drill down through all the hyperbolic, what you find out is businesses with twenty thousand employees are having employees work from home. They're working from home, and I tell Pete salespeople this all the time. They go, well, how do I get all the prospects? Well, buy a list. They're home. You know where they're at. <laughs> I think it's so funny. People are home. They're stuck at home, and salespeople don't know where to find them. Well, they're at home.
0: Yeah, there was quite an increase. Uh, you know, as as we would rarely get out of our house, we're in California I live in California. We're still in shutdown. But what, right. one thing we noticed is as we'd cruise around to the empty parking lots, there was always those certain ones that were absolutely jam packed. And that right. was like Lowe's and Home Depot right. because people were consuming everything they could to repair the house that they just hadn't had the time to do. They, uh, pe- things did not stop. Uh, in some cases, they increased in. Uh, in activity but you're you're so you're hitting everything so great on the point like those who adapt are the ones that are going to continue to succeed i mean when the when the toilet paper started running out and nobody could get to it i so wished that i had been ready and invested in those portable bodets that you just you just <laughs> wrench them onto your toilet seat they don't you know, see the don't know what that is that kind of washes your underside and that's how they do it more in europe than the u.s and they're they're portable you don't have to buy an entire they're like a toilet right a real bode and I was like, "Gosh darn it, that let was an
1: opportunity right there." <laughs> let me let me tell you what creative people do. Okay, I, you should never be afraid of trying something new in the marketplace. When Target or the grocery store limits how many how many packs of toilet paper you can buy, you know that's a market, guys. Yeah. <laughs> so the the real the real challenge is to get out of our head. And start getting our emotions. You know, great stories are about people, not things. Mm. So when, you, when you're having conversations with prospects, when you're trying to do business with something, find a, get, get, put them in a position to tell you stories about what's going on with them. Don't start a conversation off telling them who you are and what you do. They don't care. <laughs> start a conversation off about the impact of something that's happening out in the world and how that, what, how has that impacted them. And when they t- start talking about what the impact is to them, they'll tell you what the problem is. Mm. And b- b- businesses right now, the, the three biggest problem businesses have right now is their employees don't know how to, to, to work virtually. They don't have the technology to work virtually. And their managers don't have, to, don't have a clue how to manage people virtually. If you're in any of those markets, you should wake up tomorrow morning and, and write out your income goal. And I'm asking right now, I'm, I'm going to test you because I did this earlier. What's $100,000 a year? $8,333 a month, $2,100 a week, $400 a day. You should write out your income goal, then divide the price of your product into that income goal so you know how many you have to sell each day, and then figure out how many presentations you have to make to make a close. And then now you know what you have to do every day. That's the one thing. That's what you have to do every day. That's all you have to do. It's simple. I'm not saying it's easy. We mm-hmm. have to set our ego aside. We have to risk failure. We have to risk the wife saying, "Hey, did you sell anything?" Hey, shut up! If I did, I would already told you. <laughs> we have to. We have to risk that our, our brother-in-law is going to say, "Are you trying that again?" You know, here. Let me. If I. If we have time, hit on you know, one other thing. Salespeople tell me this all the time. <clears throat> I, I used to do sales training, and we we fly 40 with American Public Insurance Company. We fly 40 salespeople every two weeks into the, the home office. <clears throat> And the the guys, mostly, but the women sometimes. But the guys would say they don't feel like their wife supports them. And and here's what I would tell them, after I kind of build up a little bit of rapport, because I I can be abrasive a little bit sometimes. (laughs) But here's what I would tell them. I, I I don't know that your wife doesn't believe you. I mean, I don't know that she doesn't support you. In fact, I think the truth is that she believes you. She believed the last thing that you said, And the last thing that you said is, honey, this job will be different. Honey, these leads will be better. Honey, today's going to be better. I'm going to make a sale today. And the truth is it didn't work out. So it's it's not that she doesn't support you. She just believes you. She, She doesn't unbelieve you. It's not that she doesn't believe in you. She believes you. She believed the last thing you told her. And if the last thing you told her didn't work out, quit expecting her to believe something different. Show her something different. And wives, that's the exact same thing. Men are babies. They're egotistical. They're childish. They, they, they can't admit where their own weaknesses are. You know, they want to be the man of the house when we know you are. You're the, you're the boss of the house. We know all that kind of stuff. Yeah. The, the truth is all the guy wants to know is it's okay to fail. The failure doesn't create divorce. It doesn't create affairs and it doesn't create cancer. Failure simply means what do you need to do different? Now, now here's the only way that works. You have to actually go out and do something every day. There's not a spouse in the world that will care that you came home with no business if in fact you put a full 10 or 12 hours a day in. But if you're not putting it in, then you have to be honest with yourself. Maybe it's the activity you're doing that you don't like. Well, I was with Physicians Mutual for a while and when I first started, they had a new agent training. Now I'm straight commission. The manager calls you in from the field to go through a, a training. I'm a door-to-door guy. So this is, I don't know, 25 years ago. I'm a door-to-door guy. And the manager stands up in front of me and says, the only way you can make appointments is if you call and schedule the appointments. That's the only way you can make appointments here. That's the only way you can be successful here. And I sat there in the room nodding my head like this, thinking, you're a moron. <laughs> I'm never going to do that. <laughs> so you, you have to just figure out. What you will do, not what you can do. I hear all this nonsense all the time from positive attitude. People tell you can do this. You can do that. Yeah, yeah, maybe. But what, what will you do? If you won't do it, stop trying to do it. Figure out what you will do. Do that one thing different every day. Forgive yourself. Forgive your spouse. Forgive other people. And 1% a day in a year is a 365% improvement in my, in my math. Maybe your math different.
0: So, like, I I like to tell everybody that, you know, there are many different recipes for success. All you need is one proven recipe for success. Lloyd has given that to you tonight. Uh, If you didn't catch that, play this back and take notes and pull out those nuggets. He said several things multiple times. You know, repetition is the key to mastery. He's a phenomenal salesperson. You can tell he's also an incredible trainer. Uh, because he's actually training you right now. I don't know if you got that, but he is literally training all of us, including myself. And I'm loving every second. And speaking of every second, we are at that time. And before we finish up, we got a couple of things to take care of. So stick with us. Uh, One is, uh, Lloyd, I like to close every show. We're not doing it this second, but very soon with a very special question. Uh, I asked this of every past guest expert who's been on the show, and I found it to be quite um, interesting, the responses I got. Uh, <clears throat> because it can be somewhat personal in nature, and uh, it also can be kind of—it's uh, a very compelling. Uh, the, the responses are just interesting, and some are very, very powerful. Uh, but before we do that, I promised everyone who stuck on with us live to the end, it's now that time— that they would have the opportunity to win a five night stay at a five star luxury resort. And this is how you do it. Now you now have, and I will speak on behalf of Lloyd. I hope he doesn't mind. You now have our permission to pick up that phone if you're not watching on a phone already and take your gaze away from the screen for just a moment. Well, you'll need to see it here in just a second, but go ahead and do this with your phone. Pull up that uh, text messaging app and where you would actually, put in the name of the person you're going to text instead put in the phone number you see on the screen and that is three one four six six five one seven six seven and then where you would actually type in the message you know where you put those emojis and all the smiley faces and things just tap down there no emojis just type in the words peak that's p-e-a-k with a dash or a hyphen immediately following that and then the word vacation all together, no spaces. So let's peak vacation again. The phone number is six uh 314 665 1767. Go ahead and do that right now. Enter to win, and you'll start <coughs> to get some uh, automatic responses through the system. To get you enrolled so we can randomly pick the winner of this week's vacation giveaway. All compliments once again of our buddies at the Big Insider Secrets, Jason Nast and Company. So we're going to come back and also right after, right after this question, stick around because Lloyd has something he would like to share with you, a special gift of his own, and then we will call it an evening. But before we do that, I want to get to that, that one heavy hitting question that I know Lloyd is now sweating over. No way. He's a, he's a professional. He doesn't care. He's fine with it. Here's the thing, Lloyd. uh, I've asked it of many people over a hundred in the past. And the really cool thing I found out, is there is no such thing as a wrong answer. It's impossible to answer it incorrectly. In fact, just the opposite is the case. And only your answer is the correct answer. It's impossible to answer it incorrectly and whatever you answer will be correct because it has that personal nature to it. So are you ready for this wonderful doozy of a question? I, I guess ready
1: to rock roll.
0: forward, here we go. Lloyd Lofton, how do you define success?
1: Failure. Failure. If you fail and you're willing to learn from the failure and do one thing different tomorrow, you're already successful. If your idea, if your definition of success is living in that million-dollar house or driving that $65,000 new truck, then that may be the reason you feel like you're not being successful. But if you define success as learning from your mistakes and then implementing what you learn different tomorrow, you'll wake up and get that one thing. I I, I sat at an airport, I don't know if I have time to say this, I sat at the Chicago airport in 2007 when the Super Bowl was going on in Florida and my team was going to the Super Bowl and I had to not go to the Super Bowl because we were starting a new office in North Carolina. And I had to give up the opportunity to be at that Super Bowl to get that office started. But by giving that up, I've been able to go to any football game I've wanted to since then. So sometimes you give up what you want in order to get more of what you really want. So my definition of success is fail, learn one thing from the failure, and then do one thing different tomorrow.
0: You know, one of the amazing things, Lloyd, is Again, I've done this. I've asked this question over a hundred times and no two people have yet to answer it the same way.
1: It shows you how many ways there are to do it.
0: Yeah. And thank you, Tim. Uh, love it. That last question is always so powerful. He's watched many of our shows and he's also been a guest expert, an amazing guy, as has Mr. Biz Ken Wentworth. He's also been on the show. We've had quite a few that past guests that love to keep coming back and watch amazing people like you because they said, hey, that was fun. I want to watch some more. That was phenomenal. So you also have a wonderful gift um, that you would like to spring upon our audience. And what I'd like to do is just put a backdrop of your website up while we do that, and I will turn it over to you to describe this wonderful, amazing opportunity for folks to get a resource that you have currently available.
1: The biggest challenge most salespeople have is handling objections. And the interesting thing about them having trouble handling an objection, there's really only four basic objections. No money, no need, no hurry, no confidence. The same reasons people don't buy, the same reason they will buy. Once we know what the objection is, we include it in our presentation and reduce the chances of it coming up. And so I have a course out there, it's called the scripts that work. And the scripts are 24 different sales scripts with the psychology behind it, the handling objections, setting the script up, voice inflection, and it's from a, a number of different industries. It's not one industry. And the reason for that is I think you learn more by seeing the psychology of how people sell and and why people buy in industries that aren't yours. So you can see what's transferable. There's also podcasts in there. There's over 40 hours of podcasts. You can download them on your iPhone. You can download them on your computer. And they're everything from handling objections to how to run Internet leads, how to run telemarket calls you can download all that on there and that is $97 but more than that more than that you get to download 12 of my objections mm. and i think i i think i sent you the, the page for that you can also reach out to me at lloyd at lloydlofton.com so it's just my name i'm kind of a simple guy my wife told me that a long time ago just <laughs> lloyd at lloydlofton.com l l o y d @ l l o at y d l o f t o n Lloyd at lloydlofton.com. I'm happy to send any of that to you. But you, you can fill this out. You become a member. You get my members-only webinars. You get 20, I think there's 28 scripts in there that covers everything from handling objections to your voice inflection, tone of voice, the body language through a phone call. Yeah, you actually have to have body language through a phone You've seen me do all that nonsense today. Um, as well as you get the opportunity to, to get those 12 rebuttals. And these are actually... Word for word. Not only do you get the word for word on the rebuttals, whether you do this or not, you you can have the rebuttals, but I even bold the words to show you where you put voice inflection on there. Mm. So that's, that's what I want to make available to your, your wonderful guest.
0: And I love that. And yeah, the URL is on the screen. So you can just type in the part after all the forward slashes. just R Y P that stands for reach your peak dot I M forward slash light speed, all one word light speed and also put that out in the comments for those of you that can see that. Uh, That will take you directly to this page you see on the screen right now that will show you light speed VT at the top. And that's ladies and gentlemen, $97 is a drop in the bucket for the experience. This is proven uh, workable stuff. This is what Mr. Lloyd has used in the field and perfected in the field. It's tried, true, tested, he understands what makes people buy you know he said several things during the show that left some very large hints you know that people buy on emotion they buy uh, based on a product fitting them and can you imagine having all of these scripts all this material in front of you at your beck and call now don't just buy them and then leave them on your computer or print them out and set them on your shelf to become what I call shelf help but get them and Study them, work through them, go to his webinars, all the resources. They're, they're, all, they're, all,
1: they're all videos, you can watch the videos, but y- y- if you don't use it, it's not gonna do you a bit of good. Nothing yeah. that you will find in that course actually works. I, I know nobody's ever gonna disclose that, but the truth is none of it's gonna work. You have to work it. But well, here's here's what I will make available for you. You've got my email address now. It's just Lloyd at LloydLofton.com. You can send me your script and I'll edit it for you. Ooh. And if you go to LloydLofton.com and click on 15 minutes, a 15 minute meeting, I'll do a 15 minute meeting with anybody for nothing. So you can go to LloydLofton.com. Just click on 15 minute meeting. Right here. Right, up there, right there. 15 minute video at the top of the screen. Yeah, right there. Yeah. Yep. 15 minute meeting. You can schedule a 15 minute call with me. And I don't charge a dime for that. I'll help you with whatever. Or you can email your script to me and I'll be glad to go through it with you. Now, there's only one caveat to that. You have to agree. You can't take offense where offense isn't meant because I'm going to be honest with you.
0: Yeah, definitely. For those of you that take him up on this offer, give him the respect he deserves uh, and use that time wisely, 15 minutes it could be a life changer for you, uh, and I know just talking to Lloyd through this show, and then the brief time before the show, this guy brings it. He's got he's got the proven acumen. He understands how to do this. He's a product of the product, and then some because he has gone through and and the blood, sweat, and tears. You have the information available to get it if you so desire. And like I like I always say, the system doesn't work unless you work the system. Get it, implement it. Put some time aside every single day to digest and put into action what you're going to learn from his scripts and every all the other resources that are included. I honestly didn't know about this entire package until about five minutes before we went on the show. And I said, yeah, we've got to make this available. Are you kidding me? And so uh, $97, my gosh, this is worth thousands of dollars, tens of thousands of dollars. For those of you that implement it, like Lloyd so aptly said, and here it is, man. I don't have any room left. I'm writing sideways on some of this, completely full, one of the most enjoyable shows I've ever hosted, Lloyd. I, I cannot thank you enough. We need to call it a night for everyone's sake. I'm going to keep talking to you for another hour past this, if you don't mind. Sure. Uh, because i i just i i own this place right now no i'm kidding we're gonna let everybody go uh respect massive respect for you uh mr lofton for coming on tonight everyone that's been with us for the entire show appreciate you coming on commenting throwing out some great questions we are going to do this again next week on thursday until that time this is brian kelly on behalf of mr lloyd lofton I am the host of the Mind Body Business Show, and we will see you again next week. Until then, be blessed and see ya for now. So long, everyone. Thank you for tuning in to the Mind Body Business Show podcast at www.themindbodybusinessshow.com.